a Canadian that we're all feeling very proud of. Uh, start getting familiar with the name Jeremy Hansen because he has been named to NASA's Artemis II mission around the moon. So the last time astronauts visited the moon was 50 years ago, 1972. I guess that's 51 years ago. And it was 24 men that have visited the moon since then. Only 12 have walked on it. But now we're sending people once again, and one of those people is Jeremy Hansen from London, Ontario. So let's learn a little bit about him and what this mission is really all about. Our guest is Canada's Research Chair in Planetary Astronomy, also an Associate Professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of British Columbia, and Co-Director of the Outer Space Institute. Dr. Aaron Bowley is joining the show. Dr. Bowley, thanks so much for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you talk a little bit about Jeremy Hansen and who is he and how he's how he's come into this incredible position? What do we know about him? Well, Jeremy Hansen uh, is uh, a former fighter pilot, and uh, he has been uh, you know, training within the uh, Canadian uh, Astronaut Corps, uh, and uh, he has been quite engaged within the community for a number of years. In fact, uh, my first time meeting Jeremy was in 2020, just before the pandemic shut everything down. And uh, one thing that I, I'd like to note about him is just how one how sharp he is but also how big his heart is Hmm. and so a a big example here is at uh this workshop in which we were talking about exploration of space well before you know this was announced uh my my kids uh were at the workshop because we couldn't find uh any daycare and he went over to them sat down uh right in front of these big windows grabbed some dry erase markers, and they just started drawing together. It was absolutely this amazing experience to see that happen. And he just got right down onto his hands and knees and started uh, playing with them there as we were talking about exploration of the the moon. It was the astronaut who's going to the moon who was was doing that with the kids. So it was just incredible. Okay, so if, if you're hearing about him and you're thinking, okay, this guy's a former fighter pilot, now he's an astronaut, he's 47 years old, there's no way that you can possibly dislike him for all of his accomplishments because he sounds like he's actually just a really good guy as well. I yes. love that story. That's incredible. What does the training look like to even to even become an astronaut and get to go to the moon? Because there are very few people that have this opportunity and get to do something like this in their lifetime. You know, this 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 is uh, quite an interesting uh, question. And it's one of these things that after, so I've never gone through this training. So, uh, you know, I'm speaking uh, uh, about it uh, secondhand. But from the astronauts with whom I've spoken, they've um, all kind of said very similar things in that, like, they were not necessarily setting out to be an astronaut, hmm. that they were uh, kind of looking through these various qualifications that they had. And, you know, they just started checking boxes. And it, it turned out that they were a really good fit for the astronaut corps. Um, but, you know, there's very rigorous um, uh, health examinations, uh, mental examinations, um, uh, just so you could, you know, checking how people are able to think uh, on the fly, uh, how they do in stressful situations. Um, And so these are all various tests that uh, people go through as going through the astronaut corps in order to make it to that kind of very elite top. 
Yeah, but they do seem to come from different career paths. I mean, in this instance, they we're do. talking about Jeremy Hansen being a former fighter pilot. Oftentimes, it seems like people have really um, expansive uh, experience in medicine uh, with a lot that's of different correct. qualifications. Yes. And so it's not as if you just decide, I'm going to be an astronaut, and that's it. You're sort of something else. And then it kind of guides you into this very and, unique position. Yeah, absolutely. And and with the astronaut corps, there isn't just like one set of qualifications that they're looking for, because the the uh, needs are fairly diverse. And so they're looking for you know the you know cer- certain types of abilities uh, to you know to act under pressure uh, and a number of other constraints with one's health and so forth. Um, but yeah, they need doctors who are going to uh, uh, understand how, you know, the human physiology is affected by things like deep space travel. I mean, medicine in, in, in space is actually a really, really important field, not just for the health of astronauts, but for what we can learn for like telemedicine on Earth, as well as manufacturing of uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, and so actually people with medical backgrounds are very highly sought after as well. But then you also need people who uh, have gone through these extreme stresses, such as the fighter pilots, uh, as well as scientists, uh, you know, geologists and uh, astronomers, engineers and so forth. So there, there is quite a variety. Yeah, ultimately, so that we can send them on really incredible missions like this. So let's talk a little bit about what this is all about, the Artemis II yeah. mission, Dr. Boley. What, what is this mission all about, and what is it set to accomplish? So Artemis II is uh, the second stage in a, a longer uh, program that is looking to put people back on the moon. And uh, you mentioned uh, just just how... Um, the astronaut corps and the people who have gone to the moon uh, have been said has been been white male, uh, mm-hmm. and so one of the big things that's happening here is not just sending people back to the moon, but also diversifying the the group of people who are going to the moon to represent humanity in a much better way. Um, so uh, with Artemis uh, two, we're going to see some of that diversification with for astronauts who are going about the moon. Now, Artemis one was just a capsule that uh, was sent with science experiments on it. One of the experiments happened to be from UBC, uh, and that was looking at irradiation on yeast. Uh, but that that just was a capsule that went around the moon and returned, and was just a test. Mm. The second one is another. Artemis II is the next stage in that test, which people won't go to the moon, uh, to the surface of the moon, but they're going to go and orbit about the moon and then come back. And that's where uh, the mission that Jeremy will be on. That is then the prelude to sending people to the lunar surface once again. And uh, this will be also in part with putting uh, a space station about the moon, uh, which is called Lunar Gateway, and Canada is playing an important role in that. Okay, and I want and, to talk a little bit more about yeah. what that about what that's going to look like. Uh, but we do just have to take a short break. So if you'll just bear with sure me thing. and stay on hold for just a couple of minutes, I want to get back into this, talking about Canada's role in deep space. We're sending a Canadian on the the first mission to the moon that Canadians have that people have been a part of for 50 years. Uh, Dr. Aaron Boley is Canada's research chair in planetary astronomy, an associate professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of British Columbia, and co-director of the Outer Space Institute. All that to say, he is well qualified to. Just 
describe exactly what this mission is all about. And we're going to get right back into it in three minutes. Chelsea Unched will be right back. Jeremy Hansen, uh, named to NASA's Artemis II mission around the moon. Uh, let's get right back into it with our guest, Dr. Aaron Boley, Canada's research chair in planetary astronomy. Uh, Dr. Boley, thank you so much for hanging on the line. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. So you were saying that this mission, Artemis II, is sort of the prelude to a, a secondary, maybe arguably more important mission, which is to set up a lunar space station in which Canada is going to have a pretty big role in that. Can you elaborate a little bit and expand on what that's going to mean and what that mission is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that humanity is trying to build with the exploration of the moon is actually a system that will take people from Earth to the lunar surface. And part of that system is the Orion capsule, which is being tested, which was tested in Artemis 1, being tested with people with Artemis 2, and that's where astronaut Jeremy Hansen is going to be um, uh, for the mission. And then for Artemis 3, uh, that capsule is going to um, uh, uh, dock with a space station that's being built. Now, whether the space station's done in time for Artemis 3 or whether they're going to have some other mechanism for direct-to-surface transfer, that is still being worked out. But ideally, uh, we'll have a space station called the Lunar Gateway that will be going about the moon in a very, very elliptical orbit. So at parts of the orbit, it's going to get very close to the moon, and other parts of the orbit, it's going to be very far away from the moon. And what will happen is, during the transfer from the Earth to the moon, when the space station is very far away from the moon, uh, that's when there will be the transfer of people from a capsule to the space station. And then when, as the uh, uh, space station gets closer to the moon, that's when there can be transfers to the moon or pick up from the moon. Uh, and this will just be a part of that system that is being established. And eventually there will be uh, habitats on the moon itself, although that's farther in the future. Um, well, and so talking, Canada... Yes, sir, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I have so many questions because now I'm just imagining who can go to the moon <laughs> and when this is actually going to happen, how right, expensive yeah. this will all be. I can't help but go down well, all yeah, of these different it's, questions. It's, oh, it's going to be... Oh, this is... Uh, an ongoing program. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and, you know, there are dates that are given to, that, that'll see this happening in, in 2020s. We'll see if that actually happens in late 2020 or not. But the um, Canada's big role in the space station is having uh, the Canada Arm 3 be built. And one of the really big differences between the International Space Station and Lunar Gateway is that the International Space Station requires people to be on board for it to continue to function and to constantly make repairs, uh, even with the fantastic things such as Canada Arm 2 and Dexter and so forth. However, with Lunar Gateway, it will be uh, unoccupied for periods of time, and then periods of time will be uh, astronauts will be in it. Uh, and when it's going about the moon and no one's there, it needs to have uh, an autonomous system to keep everything running and the ability to repair itself. Mm. And Canada Arm 3 is going to be one of the major advan uh, 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 advances that will enable that. And so it's not just another Canada Arm. Like this is something that is supposed to be able to go on the outside of the space station, be able to go into the inside of the space station, uh, kind of like warm itself around and uh, repair things on the space station. So it's a really big uh, advance in robotics. 
Wow. It's it's incredible to think that we are having a conversation like this and, and realistically yeah. talking about what this could <laughs> mean for human space travel. Are the, I mean, are there ethical questions that come up about doing something like this? And obviously we're talking about something happening far into the future for this to be accessible for, you know, regular civilians we spoke a little bit about the credentials mm-hmm. needed to be an astronaut and even to go into space but what are some of those ethical dilemmas when it comes to to this type of space travel well so there i i mean there there are dilemmas that are associated with um you know people going there now if it's within the astronaut corps itself these are people who are very well informed of the risks themselves but there are different dilemmas associated with actually using the moon. And so one of the big kind of steps that the Artemis program is trying to take is long-term habitation in a place far from Earth. And, and in this discussion, the moon is, is, is far, certainly in the sense that, you know, most of our experience is actually uh, only in low Earth orbit. And so actually having long-term habitation someplace another celestial body is a really, really big step. Mm. Now, in order to make that happen, uh, one thing that's going to have to occur is what's called in-situ resource utilization, which is just a fancy term for mining uh, a space body and then using the resources at that place. And so there are locations on the moon where there's water. So they're in the south pole of the moon in particular. There are craters that are permanently... Uh, shadowed in, in their base. And water has collected there in form of ice over eons. And so that is a place where um, the Artemis program is looking to actually go and mine in order to do things like produce rocket fuel on the moon, uh, life support, radiation shielding, manufacturing. Uh, and there is an open question of one is that okay? Mm-hmm. Can we go and exploit the moon, not just explore the moon? And this is a big ethical question. And it is currently being debated in multiple international fora, uh, including at the United Nations. And there is a working group on space resources that's trying to work out how to do this in a way that respects natural heritage, cultural heritage, and avoids conflict because we do not want human conflict extending into space. And as soon as we have a resource race on another body, that is a problem. So we have the Artemis program, but there's also the Chinese and Russian program uh, that is separate, uh, and they have not been harmonized uh, at this time. And we hope that we can define a path forward that will ensure that this can be done peacefully and there uh, we can maintain peace in space. Um, but this is something that we're going to have to work hard at doing. Yeah. Dr. Boley, you are absolutely fascinating to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. I think we could probably keep this conversation going for the, <laughs> for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, my technical well, producer, so Derek Scott, me. is nodding along. Uh, so I want to talk <laughs> yes, to you please. again, but <laughs> this, is, this is unfortunately all the time that we have. So thank you so much for sharing your perspective on this. Uh, I'm glad to do it. Thanks again. Of course. Take care. Dr. Aaron Boley is Canada's Research Chair in Planetary Astronomy, the Associate Professor of the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of British Columbia, and Co-Director of the Outer Space Institute.